Welcome to another episode of Queer Invasion Radio, where I am your host, Susie Sheeler, along with my co-host, Screamish Joy, Jessica Sukup, and today we are happily joined by Madeline Eden, who will be running for the District 17 here in Texas. Yeah, and I'm really excited to have Maddie on because, and I guess, Maddie, do you want me to call you Madeline or Maddie? Which would you prefer? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Awesome. So uh, Maddie is actually running in my district. So I'm, I'm really excited to, um, to be able to get, have an opportunity to get to vote for her. Um, and I just want to tell you a little bit about her. She's, so she is the 2020 candidate for the Texas State House of Representatives in District 17. And that serves in Texas, Bastrop, Caldwell, Lee, Gonzales, and Cairns County. Cairns, Cairns County. Um, she has lived with her family in Bastrop for over a decade. And she's an active volunteer, community organizer, and she's a full-time advocate for voting and civil rights. Uh, she's the current chair of the Bastrop County Stonewall Democrats and is well known for her work with RegisterToVote.org, a Texas-based nonprofit organization that she co-founded in early 2018, which I think is really cool. Um, it says her open source technology and tools have helped to register over a million voters nationwide, and the register to vote system she developed is considered the closest thing to online voter registration in the state of Texas. That is really, really amazing to learn about you, Maddie. And we're really excited to have you here. And I was just, I was just wondering if you could talk briefly about how you yourself got involved in politics and activism, and if that's something that you were sort of raised with, or did you independently find that path on your own? Um, no, I think I kind of found it on my own. My mom will tell you that I always wanted to be president or something like that. Um, but no, I think uh, um, I kind of started getting involved in politics and probably, I want to say 99, um, you know, with uh, Gore Bush. And that was a yeah. pretty horrific election. Um, and yeah. after that, I, you know, I kind of off and on just started volunteering for different campaigns. Uh, you know, and it it kind of led all the way up to 2016, where I was more, honestly, I've always been more of a hacktivist than, a, you know, than <laughs> getting out there and doing something. Uh, and so, yeah, in 2016, though, after that, I just kind of decided, you know, to hell with it. Why would, why, why not um, try to do something more? And uh, yeah. 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 And, um, and thank you for doing that. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I know in the district that you're running in, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but um, I, some, a mutual friend of ours ran for the seat um, in the last election. And my understanding was that she was the first Democrat to contest that seat, that it had been a Republican uncontested seat up to that point. Um, and, and, she, and for that, I, I thought she did well. Like I thought, I, I think that she got around 30% or so of the votes. Um, and, and so I was just wondering, like coming into that environment, what has been your, your experience, um, you know, campaigning east of Austin and, and what feels like a, a, mo a more conservative space? Well, I mean, so this is the, the largest voter base in my district is going to be Bastrop County. And uh, back in, I want to say 2010, Bastrop was blue. 
Uh, we had a Democratic county judge. We had, um, and this seat was actually held by a Democrat back then too, uh, in the mm. earlier part of uh, 2000 and something. Um, so Michelle Ryan, who, who ran, I think that's who you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. She's my campaign treasurer. Uh, I just saw her like a, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> a week and a half ago, I went by uh, to put up a, one of my campaign signs in her. Uh, she's got this bar now that, that she opened called mm -hmm. Why Not. Um, and back pre-pandemic, we used to do a lot of, you know, events back there uh, for the Democratic people of the county. Um, and she, she, lo and behold, she was like hiding out there at night drinking. And, and so we just kind of... You know, <laughs> she's doing real well right now. And, you know, she actually took about 38% of the vote. In that 38. Election. I knew it was... I, I didn't want to... I'm really, really bad with details. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Beto actually, you know, I, I do a lot of data work. It's kind of my thing. Um, and Beto actually took closer to 40% of the vote in that district. Um, but the voter turnout, of course, was real low. And, and, and for a state house district, the voting population here is 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 lower than it should be. Um, you know, you get into Austin or you know Travis County, Harris County, um, and you, your state house districts that are kind of centralized there for people like you know Eddie Rodriguez or Celia Israel. Those are um, those are you know they have a lot more voters. You know, almost up to 150,000 right. of them. Whereas like I'm lucky. That we're breaking a hundred thousand right now and so um part of the challenge of running in a red district that is so close to austin and so close to san antonio has been um expanding the electorate right because there's a lot of urban sprawl uh from austin from san antonio uh, bear county travis county coming out east and um you know most folks that live in texas don't understand that like this is a voter suppression state right and um, you know, the, the system is basically intended to discourage you from voting and make it hard for you to register to vote and make it hard for you to vote. Uh, and in a lot of cases, most people don't understand that, you know, if they move out of a county, um, you know, they have to re-register uh, and they think it happens automatically or they change their driver's license and it's going to happen automatically and it doesn't. Um, and so, you know, I think that the biggest challenge out here has been continuously ramping up the voter registration efforts in order to make this district more competitive, right? Um, so yeah. between, like, between 2016 and, and 2020, we registered over 20,000 additional voters in this district, which is, wow. you know, it's wow. considerably improved the demographic, uh, you know, and just continuing to do that. Like in the last week and a half, we registered another 500 just in Bastrop County. So, um, you know, so when you're talking about Michelle lost by, you know, uh, several thousand votes, but when you're talking, when you say like, well, since then we've registered another 10 or 12 or 15,000 Democrats out here, that makes the race a lot more competitive all of a sudden. It um, really does. Yeah. And I think, I think that's um, kind of been the challenge, right? Is, is yeah. kind of keeping up with that. Well, thank you for clarifying that. That's awesome. And it helps, helps us understand. Definitely. Can you, can you talk about, um, uh, your acceptance is running as a queer candidate out in Bastrop. And um, I mean, I know uh, it's, I, I have heard lots of uh, conversations and discussions that the LGBTQIA community in Bastrop County is, is, is not insignificant. So I just kind of wondered what your experience was. Well, I mean, you know, I, I had the opportunity in 2018 I, I ran for U.S. Congress in the primaries against uh, against Mike Siegel of all people, um, 
And, you know, of course, there were six other candidates besides me and, and, and we all got stopped, right? Mike owned the entire vote. But, but I got to uh, learn a lot about, you know, my county and all of the other counties that were kind of east of Travis all the way over to Harris County. Um, and, and one of the things that I found, uh, you know, after I, after I, you know, tried to get endorsed by the, the Travis County Stonewall Democrats, um, and then, you know, the, received the endorsement from the LGBTQ caucus uh, of, of Houston, Harris County. Um, and, you know, they're like the, one of the oldest political caucuses for LGBTQ uh, individuals in the country. There's none of that in Bastrop, right? There was no Stonewall. There's no anything that was happening out here. And so, you know, we got together, Michelle Ryan uh, and, and several other folks that, that uh, are friends. Um, we got together and formed our own Stonewall caucus and, and kind of, you know, demanded acceptance. So we've kind of gone around out here and we've, you know, uh, we like adopted stretch a highway right in front of Bucky's. We, you know, we put up signs, we, we you know, we do all kinds of <laughs> Yeah, how do you speak stuff. to these folks, though? The, I mean, how do you speak to, um, I'm just going to say, for example, my mother. She's a Trump supporter. Um, she's a very smart person, but she, I mean, she's, she's incredibly intelligent, but she just doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't watch the rallies. She doesn't, she doesn't pay attention to that kind of thing. She, so she, it doesn't affect her. How do you talk to somebody like that? you know, generally very carefully in a lot of cases at this point, I don't, um, you know, uh, persuasion voters, uh, what you call persuasion votes, they're awesome, right? Uh, because they effectively count as two votes because you're taking one away from your opponent, you're giving one to yourself. Um, you, you know, in a lot of cases, it's, it's, the, it's the best way to go. But when you're talking about people uh, and scoring people like on a scale of like one to a hundred, what is your partisanship, right? And if I'm like a 99, right? My wife is a 99 and, you know, and my dad is like a five. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and when I'm talking to him, you know, I mean, um, the reality of it is, is that there, there's just no convincing some folks, right? They, it's very difficult for people to take off their team jersey, right? It's very difficult for them to want to um, even consider that there might be other options or, you know, uh, another reality, I guess, uh, so to speak, but convincing them at a certain point is, is almost a waste of time. Um, and, and so I think, you know, the best thing for the, I don't know enough about what it was like after Nixon was impeached, right? And all of those people who were like standing up and, and pro-Nixon folks, right? They, they were still pro-Nixon after he was impeached and resigned, right? Right. Oliver's what's his name? Roger Stone, still around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a tattoo Not for the you. Tattoo. <laughs> <Not the> tattoo. <laughs> oh God. What about gerrymandering? I mean, this is something that really um I've I've talked a lot with Genevieve Von Cleve. I don't know if you're uh, if you know her, she works with uh, indivisible and yeah, so she's working on on that too. And it's just fascinating to me. Um I'm in District 21. And so we've been gerrymandered right out of any, any kind of uh, meaningful vote. You're talking about uh, Julie Oliver's district? I'm, no, I'm talking about uh, Chip Roy. Chip, Chip Roy. Roy and right. yeah, oh, Wendy, Wendy Davis. Davis. Right. Wendy, Wendy Davis. Davis. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, there are so many and they're just so weirdly shaped, you know, I've got just a little bit of Austin uh, it, and the rest of it is all um, basically San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, and, so uh, 
that's actually a, my, my, my mother lives right on the right on the border of that district um, and Joseph Copps ran there in, in 2018 um, and he actually ironically he received more votes in Texas than any other Democrat that was running down ballot uh, under under the Senate right and right so, which was incredible but I mean obviously got more votes ultimately um, and the gerrymandering is is the ver the reason that happened uh, you know, in a lot of cases, it's that way in 21, it's that way in 25, it's that way in District 10. It, I mean, pretty much every congressional district in Austin, except with the exception of 35, which third, and, and even 35 has been gerrymandered uh, all to hell and back, um, which is Lloyd Doggett. Um, but the good news is, is that we are um, actively trying to fix that now, right? And that is, that's part of the initiative. That's part of why um, folks like me have stepped up to run for state house seats this year. Right, because in Texas, that is honestly the most important set of elections, in my opinion, in the country. Uh, because if we can prevent Texas from being gerrymandered for another decade after the redistricting process in 2021, then then we've accomplished a whole hell of a lot. Uh, yeah. And, and all we need to do to make that happen is flip another nine House seats, which is you know. Comparing it to 2018, not a far stretch because we flipped 12 then, and so right. flipping nine now is, is right. very realistic. So, um, just to back up a little bit to Susie's question about trying to change minds um, at the local level, how many undecided voters are you coming across? I mean, are are you know aside from the people that are just purely polarized, are you seeing is is, is there a middle? group of people that are swayable right now? Are there people looking to be swayed or is everybody pretty much, you know, fall into their side, so to speak? I, I think that there's absolutely a, a huge contingent of swing voters, right? Um, and especially more so out here in the, in the rural areas, right? Or suburban at best, um, where you have a large subsection of the voters of the voting age population out here who are and consider themselves to be independent voters. And, um, you know, that's a, actually a, it's a big crew of folks out here. They are very active, right. in like water rights and, and um, you know, local control issues. Um, and so swinging those votes is, is completely a feasible thing. Um, a lot, you know, most, uh, there's lots of Republicans out there who just hate Trump and they hate the fact that, you know, the, the rest of their, representation has basically been complicit to the, you know, winds of this administration. And so they, um, you know, they step up and, 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 and have decided that they're not going to vote for, for this guy and they're going to vote for Biden and they're going to, and they're considering voting for Democrats. And I've met a ton of those and I've, I've, I've persuaded a lot of Republican voters this year. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. When you're talking about How the, are you? the hardcore ones though, you just can't, you can't, I mean, there's not a lot there. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt Jess. It's okay. No. Uh, how are you? Um, how are you meeting voters? How are you interacting with voters? Is you calling them, or what's happening? For the first few months of the pandemic, we were, you know, we did a lot of texting, a lot of calling, um, and I was like dedicated to like spending all of my off time doing call time, you know, and and then doing work, and um, yeah, that was that was all right. And then you know, with the George George Floyd stuff happened, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of movement out here where, where I live and we have, I mean, we still have contingents. We still have a, like a sec, uh, a, a group called the United Daughters of the Confederacy that has, you know, is active out here. We have, 
Um, what is know, that? I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, why? I wish I could tell you. And it's to them, they say it's all about heritage, but you know, it's like they have these Confederate monuments and they've got them up in front of our courthouses, right? So Caldwell County has one, Bastrop County has two. Um, one of the other counties that I'm running in has an entire Confederate square. Um, you know, one of the counties I'm running in is actually named Lee County, right? After Robert E. Lee. So, um, but to, to, to that point, you know, we had a lot of rallies. We had a lot of, uh, of, you know, protests out here, little ones, not compared to Austin, very small. Um, but we also- Hey, it's there though. Yes. And we petitioned our county commissioner's courts here in Bastrop County and Caldwell County to remove these monuments and to have them relocated. Um, and these are, you know, completely Republican held groups um, of the county commissioner's courts in these two counties. And with the exception of a couple of Democrats that I, uh, I'm not even going to get into talking about those folks, but, but we actually convinced these, uh, these, these individuals to vote to move these monuments and have them relocated, which I thought was, you know, um, it hadn't, uh, there's an article in the Statesman from our county judge that just, honestly, I was sitting in the, in the commissioner's court listening to him like rant about this petition and my data being bad. And then he just goes off and starts and the speech he gave literally brought tears to my eyes. And there were people in the courtroom that were crying because nobody had ever seen like some far right Republican judge just turn on a dime and start talking about, you know, the, the peculiar, uh, you know, um, the peculiarity of, of slavery and, and, and the way that, uh, that these organizations came in, you know, around the era of Jim Crow and, and started putting these monuments up and, and how we, you know, it's like how we need to remove them. And, and so, um, you know, I, I was sitting there in the county commissioner's court and I was like, wow, I've been to a lot of rallies and protests now and I'm still not sick. So um, I thought, well, why not just go ahead and open up the county Democratic Party office again? So my campaign manager and I did that and we've basically gone there because we're all working remote anyway. So why not work remote from someplace that's basically been abandoned. Um, and, and ironically, when we opened it up and turned on the sign and, and put the sign out front, people started coming in there. And so you started seeing people who were, you know, uh, that were, that were coming out and um, they were fed up and, you know, it's like they would come in there just to, to ask for information or to kind of get hope, you know, I guess. And so that was, that was cool, but it's, it's kind of ramped up since then. And, and we've, you know, we've got a lot of folks that are out there doing active, uh, you know, volunteering now and, and we're doing a whole ton. We've got people in the field right now. I'm, I'm just, uh, I can't believe it that, that we have so many people that are out there actually doing lit drops all over the place right now. Um, we're just doing a huge voter registration push uh, using a tool I built called Map the Vote. Um, right, right. And hey, what do, what do we, how many, and, and what do we do about the polling places that have closed? Do you have, do you have any idea of the number that have closed? Yeah, there's a, a friend of mine that, that is a volunteer on my campaign does this, does an analysis of it and identifies like how many have shut down and, you know, how far they are from, um, you know, like, how far they are from minority population centers and where they've been shut down at. And so the problem is that there was legislation passed that allowed for the creation of voting centers. And so if you have a county like say Caldwell County that adopts the, the concept of voting centers, they're able to um, 
effectively shut down other polling locations because they've basically increased the availability to the polls by having these voting locations where anybody can vote, uh, you know, without having to go to their specific precinct. And so, yeah, and that, that gives them a leverage and leeway to, to, to shut down polling locations and to do so indiscriminately um, in a lot of cases, unless somebody's there to point out that, hey, you know, this is, this is kind of racially biased or, you know, this is, uh, this is going well, to- Well, how do you get them back? You know, you have to petition the, uh, the elections administrator. Some cases you have to petition the, the county judge or the commissioner's courts um, or county clerk. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, in a lot of cases, you're not gonna get them back um, because these folks have, you know, very carefully calculated what they're doing. And, and they know that uh, within the, you know, within the law, what they're doing is legitimate. So um, unless you can prove that it's not, then in a lot of cases, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make any headway, but you can also prove that it is, and, and in which case they, they may have to fix it. So I think in all cases, most of the time, it's gonna take, take a lawyer, you know, or, or like you know, Texas Civil Rights Project or uh, you know, any of those organizations that might be able to step up and actually find it. But first you gotta identify that it's happened. And that's, that's the tricky part. So, that's just so unfair. I mean, the, I, and I don't know how people are saying, oh no, everything is, I, like my parents, again, they just don't believe in systemic racism. They don't believe in, in climate change. I'm sorry, I mean, it's just, I'm not sure how they raised me, but uh, I got to, I'm the opposite. <laughs> and I love them very much. It's hard to talk to them you know, they're not ever going to change. Um, and they're not really concerned about this kind of thing. You know, it's, and I feel surrounded by people like that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we are surrounded by people like that, but don't let it get you down. Right. I mean, um, we have, there's living in a black grade, Maddie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like Maddie's really encouraged me quite a bit, like with some of her descriptions of what she's been experiencing with this election. I mean, for sure, I've seen a lot of people that have been more complacent ordinarily just be supercharged to make something happen. It's like people are definitely like engaged on a lot of levels right now, more so than I think they have been in a long time. So that is encouraging no matter what. And just like Madeline said, I think it's because of 2016. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> That's when I really got into it. I think a lot of folks. So you talked to. Sorry, Jessica. Go ahead, please go. I was just gonna say I think a lot of I think there are even more people now who are motivated and and engaged because of all of the things that have happened since 2016, right? Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah. Well, I mean, look around. It's just been so much. It's been it's yeah. been an onslaught. I mean, truthfully, For so sure. it it'd be hard not to be. I mean, I don't know. It, it seems willful at this point if you're not engaged. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that was the other thing I was going to mention about the swing voters, right? There's still a, a huge segment of the, of the population here in our country that, that just aren't aware, right? And because in yeah. a lot of cases, people don't um, don't recognize something as a problem until it affects them directly. And, and I think that that is uh, kind of really the point of the whole issue in, in a lot of cases here. Um, That's true. Has been historically. So you... Yeah, you, 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 we mentioned that you talked about the Black Lives Matter stuff and you talked about new re voter registrations and a list of things along those lines. Um, uh, 
I had gathered that there, there's a, a relatively significant um, uh, black population within your district. Is that true? And, um, you know, do you see engagement there? You know, um, we, I have, I've seen very significant engagement there. Uh, I think, yeah, there was the whole point, getting rid of the monuments thing was, was something that was coordinated with, you know, very prominent members of the African-American community out here. I've, you know, I've, I've helped, uh, I've got a friend of mine, Cheryl Weiss, who's running for county commissioner out in Elgin, and she's an amazing mm -hmm. individual. Um, and she has really energized a lot of the uh, African-American population in my county here. Bastrop was originally home to like, I want to say 20 something uh, freedmen colonies, uh, you know, following the Civil War. And so, I mean, there's, you know, very, there are pockets of, of uh, you know, um, black communities that are scattered all over this area. And it's kind of been, uh, I don't know, it's been both educational and, and just eye-opening for me to, to go and explore areas in my district that I hadn't seen before that, that was like that. I mean, generally, 17 is, is, is very, uh, I mean, there's, it's about, I want to say 40% Hispanic um, or so, something like that. Yeah. Uh, is, is Hispanic and, and Latino populations, uh, but but yeah, there is a significant African American uh, community uh, here in Bastrop County, especially, which is um, yeah, I'm learning yeah, just learning about all the history there has been <laughs> very cool. Uh, but they are engaged, and you can see that uh, right now, um, and they are uh, you know they're a lot of the folks that are coming in there to volunteer and to go out and. and Door drop and, and do things is, are you know from the African African American and Black communities out there. They're just uh, I, I think that, that honestly I think most of the disproportionately affected populations you know in terms of like the minority uh, populations out here are are aware of what's going on right like um, in Bastrop County especially uh, we've had deportations go up just in the past year over like seven hundred percent. Um, we have a sheriff that, that's racially profiling our immigrant and uh, you know Latino populations uh, out in the the western side of the county, and and they are very effective at it, and they have been just terrorizing these folks. And so we have we have entire segments of our population out here that are afraid. And so I think that's been one of kind of one of the my biggest, um, I guess, honestly, kind of one of the coolest things that I've gotten to do as a candidate is working with all of these other candidates in all of these other counties that are running down ballot, uh, like the sheriff's candidate out here, and seeing the, the just the stark night and day difference between like the guy that's running on the Democratic ticket and the one that is currently serving as our sheriff is just, it's crazy. Wow. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, letting these folks know that it's all right and that they can come and vote and that they can register to vote and that they can, you know, participate in, in the democracy. Um, that, that, that is their right, you know, as, as citizens for the ones who, who are citizens. And so um, I think there's a huge aspect of voter education that's got to take place in the middle of a pandemic. And that, that makes it very challenging. So, um, because while you do have a lot of engaged people, you have a lot of people who are, um, who are still scared to come out of their houses, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. and that makes it, you know, which is why we come up with all kinds of different ways, like for, for my campaign, for people to be engaged and to, to actively, you know, help. So like postcards has been huge. And I mean, we've gotten, we're gonna have like 
20,000 some odd postcards that are going to be filled out before, you know, the end of this month. And, um, you know, the phone banking and the text banking is big too. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very challenging, all of it, especially the pandemic aspect. So I think I kind of went off on a tangent there, but. No, <laughs> that's okay. No, 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 that's good. Tangents are good. We like the tangents. Right. Um, so, okay. I know you're... Go ahead, Jessica. Oh, I said, I know your opponent has introduced a number of pieces of legislation talking about religious freedom and, and you know, some other things that, um, can you talk about, can you talk about some of that? Um, yeah, I think that was honestly kind of like the breaking point for me when he co-authored that <laughs> bill of, uh, for religious freedom and healthcare and, you know, because that, that was honestly my, my greatest fear was, was the idea that that I could end up going into an emergency room uh, and, you know, taking, or even worse, having to take one of my kids to an emergency room and having them basically turn us away for the fact that I'm trans, you know, or that, um, you know, that because of who our family is. And, and so that, that scared the hell out of me. And, and the fact that they could do it just because, you know, using religious freedom as, as a basis for that is, I mean, it's, it's just horrible. Abhorrent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This, this is the problem with a lot of the, the, the um, Republican uh, representation that we have right now. It's, it's when I talk to people, right, most folks don't even know who their rep is out here. And even and the ones that you know, they, most of them think his name is Cryer. Um, and so <laughs> in a lot of cases, it I looks John like Syria, that. Yeah. Well, I don't even, I'm not even going to comment on that part, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's like they don't even, so literally I'm like, I'm running against Sean Syria. They're like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, John Cryer. And they're like, oh, Cryer. I'm like, yeah. Loved him in Pretty pretty in Pain. Well, you know, in his first first campaign, he included that in his campaign ads. He said both names. And I think people just clung to what they saw anyway. So nobody knows what his name is <laughs> what's his name we're gonna vote for what's his name exactly well that's usually what happens it's the white guy right <laughs> that, that white guy um the one from a and uh, the one that flies planes yeah <laughs> but but he uh yeah he, to, to me it's like everybody that i do talk to that knows him the first thing they're like oh he's such a nice guy you know and this is something that michelle ryan ran into like you can consistently throughout 2018 was that this guy, John, is such a nice guy. He was an Eagle Scout, right? And it's like, okay, well, you know, it's 2020. These folks have been in charge for a while. Our state is a mess, right? We have mm-hmm. one of the worst rates for uh, health, insured, uh, health insurance and, and, and coverage here in, in the entire country. Um, you know, these folks have been voting against, uh, you know, the interests of their constituents for a very long time. And when you're voting straight party lines on that side of the ticket, you are effectively being complicit to a, to a much bigger problem, right? And, and a much bigger issue in that. Um, I, I just don't think there's an excuse for it. I think every Republican representative is dangerous this year, right? There, there are no safe like Republican uh, representatives. Like they are all going to go in there and they're going to vote along party lines, they're going to vote against the interests of the people in their district. They're going to vote in, you know, for their own self-interests in a lot of cases. And, mm-hmm. and that makes them just as dangerous as, as somebody like uh, Kyle, I think his name is Biederman, uh, you know, or some of these other 
uh, crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's You're some right. They are. They are. 73. Yeah. yeah. And all of these judges that they've that they've installed were just it's it's so scary. It's yeah. so terrifying to me. And that, uh, that's that's where that's where we're gonna have to really work at it, right? Like that's I, I wish I had my I've got this I've got this koozie from work that's like uh, you know it says the Texas House the White House or the Senate the White House, right? And and then but first beer, but um, but those are the important parts, right? Because if we can't take those back, then, then we're never gonna be able to fix this mess. Um, there are a lot of things that we're gonna have to do to clean up after everything that's happened. But I mean, realistically, what people say is right. This guy, the, the administration right now is more of a symptom than the actual problem. Yeah, um, it's like the gestalt of, yeah. of who we are. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, think about the things we can do, like with, when the pendulum swings, right? And there's been so much, uh, you know, knowledge and, and like a political awakening in our country like, over the last yeah. couple of few years. Um, and the things that we're going to be able to change, that are going to be very substantial. We're going to be able to do things like, you know, to redefine what the judicial system is going to look like in our country. And, you know, if yeah. take the Senate back and, the, and the, the, the administration, we're going to be able to do things like increase the number of seats on the Supreme Court, right? <sighs> Every other country with a with a judicial branch to their government, every other modern country, they have at least thirty justices on the Supreme Court, and they do that so that it can't. Right. Be oh, I love that. Um, yeah. You know, get, we get college. Sorry. Yeah. yeah there's so, there's many. so many things, and and. Um, I, I want to put a shout out for one of your down on the list platform items that is really important for me, and that is rural internet. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so big right now. Um, it's such yeah. a big deal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Our shows would be better. No. <laughs> I mean, okay, but, but let's think about that for a second, right? I mean, yeah, shows, shows would be better. That's great. Um, uh, I'm going to argue that. But, but there are kids <laughs> all over my district no. who can't go to school, right? Because they don't no, have it. I know. And yeah, it, internet should be a utility. It should just mm -hmm. be a utility. I mean, it's so enraging, and and I do. I joke about it, but it's such a serious issue, and I and I I understand the depth of that. It's communication, and it disconnects. This is why we have so many uninformed people in areas that need to be informed. You know, it's because they literally just don't have access. All they got's Fox News. Yep, it's it's it's. And rush. Yeah. Don't forget the Medal of Freedom winner. Oh, ditto. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, just to, just to emphasize, you know, what you're what you're saying. Until very recently, I owned a, I owned some land in Lee County, and it and it, you know, I remember uh, buying the land, and I didn't honestly think about inter You know, I know I'm a systems analyst. I'm a computer person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just assumed I'd be able to get internet, and it was like effectively the only thing I could get would be like the satellite internet and that's just awful. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I, you know, that just happened to me. It happens all over the, all over your district, I'm sure. And like you said, it, this affects so many different things. And what, what isn't online now? Everything's online. Yeah. Everything. Well, so how many, how many seats do we have? You said four seats. Is that right? That we have to flip for Texas? Nine. Yeah. Nine. 
Nine. Okay. So, uh, who do you think has the best chances? You know, I, I'm not, I, I could get in trouble with some of my friends if I come out and say stuff like okay. that. But I think, you know, <laughs> uh, there's some, there are some candidates out there that, that I think have really great chances. Uh, Ann Johnson is amazing. And, okay. um, she, I think is going to just kill it. She's running in a district that no, that was uncontested in 2018, uh, that Beto won. And, um, oh, great. Uh, the same thing down in uh, Nueces County. Um, a friend of mine, Eric Olgin, uh, ran in uh, Congressional District 27 in, in 2018, and now he's running in a, a House district in, in Corpus Christi uh, that, that Beto really came really close to winning. And I, and I think he's got a good shot. I think there are, are a lot of, of really, Liz Markowitz, I think, has a good shot. Um, I think we have probably about 17 different seats that are within um striking range uh you know and i think those are kind of have kind of entitled to 17 under 10 by some organizations uh which are basically the house districts that beto won uh, you know or beto was was within 10 points of winning right oh okay okay and, and so the texas democratic party has about 22 different targeted house seats um and you know i think honestly some of them look really promising. Uh, and of course, we have to defend a lot of the house seats that we that we took last side, last right. cycle. Sure. Well. You know, like uh, Aaron Zweener and James Talarico and Vicki Goodwin mm -hmm. and John Busey and, you know, all these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're actually interviewing Aaron next week. So nice. we're excited. Yeah, does it seem like those will be, they have really good shots and we should be, I mean, we got to get out and vote and everybody, the voting date, please remember, <laughs> is November 3rd. Well, yes, but in Texas, you want to, you know, early voting, we got to get extra week. Early voting. Yeah, you ought to just get in line with you know, a week early or. I, I vote on my birthday in a Halloween costume every year. <laughs> Nice. That's, That's awesome. awesome I think we should all dress up for this one. I really do. I think we're all going to be wearing masks. I, I always, every year I ask everybody, that's all I ever ask for for my birthday is for people to vote on my birthday and just to vote, right? Like it's just, I mean, just do it. Except yeah, in the off years. The off years, you don't need to Well, ask you know, every, but I only age every two years. I prefer oh, to like right. keep it, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maddie, thanks so much for being here with us. We had a great time. Will you come back? Definitely. This has been awesome. That's been, we've come, had such a great Come back and talk to us after you win. Yes. 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 And everybody <laughs> vote for Madeline Eden in District 17. That is, we have fully endorsed. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> nice. And support us on Patreon. Yes, and please support uh, separately. Support us on Patreon. Sorry, <laughs> and follow us on any social media. Also, we're going to post uh, as soon as we post put this show up. We're going to post um, all the links to uh, Madeline's uh, page, Facebook page, and to your um, to your URL. Uh, I think it's Madeline.com. Is that right? What is it? Edenfortexas.com. I'm sorry. Edenfortexas. I'll message you the next one too, just to be safe. A uh, good thing. I think you're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, we sure appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again.
Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Maddie. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Queer Invasion Radio. We're here, we're queer, and we need your support. So find us on Patreon or follow us on social media at QI Radio USA and listen to us wherever you hear podcasts. And don't forget to share our stuff and tell all your friends. Thanks, Thanks y'all. <laughs>